I'm Zachary Cartwright. This is Water and Food. Today, my guest is Rob Robick, who is the co-founder of Appa, a company dedicated to providing their customers with convenient, nutritious, meat-based snacks that are free from industrial additives. His mission is to empower small, local, regenerative farms and ranches by sourcing local ingredients so that his company is part of the change that will improve the entire food system. Appa believes that the answer to a healthy diet is to include animal products, and Rob is proud to introduce the Appa Bar. Let's hear what Rob has to say on this episode of Water in Food. So, hey, Rob, thanks for being here today. No problem. Glad to be. Rob, we've uh, had a few other companies on the show before, like like Cliff Bar and Kale Bar. Um, we work with lots of other bar companies, but yours really stood out to me, and, and I'm happy that you're here to talk about it. Uh, where t- Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your company. So, yeah, I'm a previously I'm an electrical engineer for as long as I can remember. Uh, COVID hit and that brought a bunch of disruption to our lives and we decided to do something different. And about that same time, we were kind of falling into what we call the food and health rabbit hole, where we were like really eyeing everything we were eating and really digging into the nitty gritties of all of our food. And so we kind of fell into that rabbit hole and determined that kind of like an animal based approach is kind of the best for us. Mm-hmm. And before that, I have fallen severely into the financial rabbit hole, which was Bitcoin. And so we kind of fused those two together and brought kind of the best meat-based snack bar you can get. And you can also pay in Bitcoin. And we actually recommend it as we give a discount. Um, and so those kind of the two biggest rabbit holes in my world kind of fused together in about 2022. And we formed Alpa and just went with it. And were you really passionate about meat products before? Is this something you were working on? Is this a, was a hobby or how did this come to be? So it came to be because we were on a road trip essentially. And we went through gas station after gas station looking for healthy snacks for our kids. We have two little kids. And if you have little kids, you know how much they want to like snack and they're always hungry and they want junk food and junk food. And we're not the type of parents to give our kids junk food. And we are so let down with all the options that were available, even for adults to get like good snacks, you go in and the jerky is loaded with uh, food additives and soy sauce and sugars and you name it. So many different things, artificial flavorings, yeast extracts, all that kind of stuff, Um, seed oils. So we started making these bars from a a book that we read and we would just make them for ourselves and Mm -hmm. we'd bring them along with us and we'd enjoy them. Um, you know, they're nothing like a sugar bomb, like a Snickers bar. It takes a little changing of your palate to get used to something that's natural like this. But we had so much interest from friends and family that they said they wanted to buy some and we just were making them and we decided to go all in on it and make a full fledged company out of it. And is this a like a meat mixture or is it, you know, meats like the, the primary ingredients? What, what do the ingredients look like? Right. So the ingredients are beef, tallow, butter, and honey. That's our base uh, kind of mixture. And then we spin off two different flavors where we add cranberry, uh, cranberry pecan and blueberry almond. And we call our base one the apex bar. And then we spin it off to the blueberry almond and the cranberry pecan. So we have three flavors right now. And we are working on a no honey option. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's going to be coming out sometime soon here. And, and how one. did you decide on those flavors? Um, so you mentioned blueberry, almond, and, and cranberry pecan. Uh, right. How did so, those come to be? Yeah, that was kind of spun off from kind of the apex flavor being a little too hardcore for everyone. Um, <laughs> and the apex is based on a kind of a, 
a pemmican blend, if you've ever heard of pemmican, the natives and early explorers in the U.S. and Canada, they relied on this uh, air-dried bison with bison suet that was packed in into tallow. And they packed these leather uh, pouches full of it. And this stuff would hold for decades if stored properly. And it's a complete food. And these explorers would live solely on pemmican. But the thing about it, it's, you know, for our modern day palates, it's not that palatable. And it's like, ugh, I'd eat it if I was like surviving and if I had to, but I'm not going to sit there and snack on just traditional pemmican. And so we, we decided to add butter and honey into it. And that really brought out the flavor for kind of like a modern day taste buds and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so and your then, background's in electrical engineering right. and then around COVID, you know, you're, you're seeing this lack in the markets and, and I see it as well. You know, it's not just kids. I, I feel like even, you know, me, I go into a, a grocery store, a gas station, I'm, I'm trying to find something healthy and you're right. It's, it's really hard to do. Um, but then you had to make this jump from, from your engineering background to basically learning about food science and, and being able to make this product. What, what are some of the biggest challenges that you came across as, as you did this? So it's kind of learning what the moisture content and water activity were. When I first got into this, I didn't understand the two as anything different. And when I started learning that, thanks to help from you guys, um, it kind of sparked my interest and because I love that kind of stuff. And that was a really fun thing for me to dive into and learn what water activity was. And now I see foods totally different now, now that I kind of have a a decent understanding of water activity. And so having a science background kind of helped me with that. And also the, the process of uh, being compliant with USDA guidelines. Mm -hmm. I, I have our dehydrator set up with like a raspberry pie and temperature probes and humidity probes and the software suite that I make all these pretty graphs. And the first USDA guy came over here and was kind of blown away with our setup. And I was like, yeah, we're kind of a background in this. And he's like, oh, we're not going to have any problem with you guys. Mm -hmm. So that's so kind of fun. like with your background and then really looking into water activity and, and having a good understanding of that allowed you to take off faster. Um, right. Generally, some of the things that we look at, especially with bars and, and water activity are things like consistency or, or shelf life, um, making sure that the, the product is safe. Maybe you can talk about some of those aspects and, and how water activity has helped you. Yeah, so we try to target under about 0.6 AW. And what's helped us with the water activity is we we used to just check our end result. Actually, in the beginning, we didn't have a water activity meter, so we were just kind of winging it, which wasn't the best method. And now that we're now we have the meter, we can measure each step of our process. We can measure the incoming ingredients and make sure those are consistent. We can really tweak in our drying process. We can hit the exact hours and temperature we want, and then we can take readings right after that. And so we can nail down each individual step of our inputs to our final bar. And then we can measure our final bar. And one of the interesting things to me that we discovered is we would originally take these bars and we'd form them. We'd put them in the, the refrigerator to chill. And then when we brought them out, they would get a lot of condensation on them. Hmm. And we didn't have the meter at that point to kind of gauge where we're at. But once we got the meter, we learned that that water activity that bringing out from the cold environment, the refrigerator to the humid air was increasing our water activity by a dramatic amount. And so that really changed our process to, to fix that problem because that was a problem. We'd go from 
probably 0.5 range to 0.7 range. Mm -hmm. And then once you dialed in your water activity, you're able to set a spec, you know, make sure microorganisms aren't growing. What, what is generally the, the shelf life uh, for your products? So right now we have a folded aluminum, um, mm -hmm. which we can't, so since it's technically, you can't really get the water vapor transmission rate exactly. Um, we don't specify it, but we do say we've tested them here and they're easily good to like six months if stored in a cooler place. Mm -hmm. But the work you guys have done for us says that if we get our, you know, kind of a pretty decent packaging, uh, not, nothing too super, has a decent water vapor transmission rate, we're looking at about a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we see that a lot, especially if you have water activity in a, in a moisture absorption isotherm. Uh, you can predict shelf life as it relates to water activity, especially for a product where you like yours, where we're trying to keep maybe a certain texture or definitely make sure that we're staying below a microbial limit. So we can determine what that water vapor transmission rate should be. And then you can take that to your, your packaging provider and, and get a, a good recommendation. Um, I did right. notice on your your website it talks a little bit about how your company empowers small local farms and, and ranches and, and i was hoping you could talk a, a little bit about that and, and how you are accomplishing that goal yeah so for us that's a big portion of our company is really sourcing our ingredients local and propping up these local farmers and ranches um that's important to us because you know in our lives we've seen the food system pretty much migrate just to anything but local and we think it's very important to bring that back. And that really is related to the quality of our food. You know, we lived in a processed food junk world, industrial sludge is what I call it. And I think that's a product of losing so much connection with our local food systems. Um, and there's a lot to be learned and gained as a human digging into your local food systems. And so that was a, an absolute requirement for us is that we will go to regenerative ranches not not feedlot, not these, the modern way cows are raised, but kind of the old school way. Um, and we'd source all of our nuts and berries, our tallow, our butter, our honey from American farmers and ranches. And with that being said, preferably local Colorado based. So all of our beef comes from Colorado. And, and where in Colorado are you located? We're in the front range. So we're our companies in specifically Longmont, Colorado. And is that primarily where you're you're selling your products now within Colorado, or are you shipping um, elsewhere? We're selling nearly all of our stuff online. We're shipping out to all the fifty states right now. Um, mm -hmm. But the our number one state happens to be Colorado. So Colorado is sure. the number one, and we get I don't know a handful of local pickup orders, but even most of the Colorado orders we're shipping kind of to like around the state. Mm -hmm. And so we do offer local pickup though. And you mentioned earlier, you know, just how a healthy diet uh, includes animal products and, and you're pushing for that. What I, I was hoping you could talk a little bit about, you know, how much protein is in these bars? What, what makes them healthier so that if a consumer goes into a gas station and they pick it up and look at the nutritional facts, what are, what are they going to see? Well, I have a, a label for a cranberry pecan right here. So this one has 275 calories, 23 grams of fat, nine grams of protein, and eight grams of carbs. So what you'll, you'll first, you'll notice immediately is that the uh, fat, protein, carb pie chart ratio is kind of unlike anything else. It's very high in fat and it's very low in carb. And a lot of, a lot of people are kind of shifting to this, uh, I guess, notion that a low carb diet, more animal based is kind of the way to go. And we wanted to cater to that. And that's kind of the way we live too. 
And it, it goes against essentially everything the modern health system and nutritional nutritionists tell you. But when you the results speak for themselves, and we've seen and had testimonials of so many people fixing so many aspects of their health and weight management and just you name it, um, not necessarily from our product. I'm just saying in the animal-based way of eating itself. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, that really woke me up in a sense to animal products. I had always had them, but I was very high uh, carb eater myself. And I have since then, in the last couple of years, really reduced them, you know, by eating alpha bars and getting a lot of local food. And I, I just is great for my body. My body really responds well to it. And then who is your, your target audience then? So it sounds like, you know, obviously people who are looking for something healthy, um, maybe changing their diets, but is it, you know, backpackers or is it weightlifters? Who, who else have you uh, seen starting to buy these bars? Yeah, so our target audience is essentially people my mine and your age who are kind of into eating like energy drinks or energy bars and they like kind of exhausted the market and they want something that fits their their clean diet that is kind of on the go. Because the problem with this carnivore or animals animal-based way of eating is you can't always just bust out a a steak and cook it somewhere or Mm -hmm. you know a lot of it's perishable and you you can't really get long shelf life type of items with this diet and so we wanted to cater to the people who wanted to bring that type of eating with them to uh, lunch or uh, to work at lunch um and on the trail and we've seen quite a bit of firefighters ordered them actually some local Mm -hmm. based firefighters here in colorado they love them and what is next for you? You know, so you have a few products, a few flavors, you're based in Colorado. What does the, the next year, maybe five years look like for you? What, what are you hoping to accomplish? So in terms of our company, our operations in the next year, really, we want to get into full fledged, like a packaging system, a machine and get some, you know, big kid packaging instead of doing it all by hand. And that will really change it. We would like to come up with one to two new flavors of our bars per year Mm -hmm. and we have some ideas for those and we would also like to get into some other products like forming our bars into tiny little compressed balls and making little trail mixes out of them um we looked into getting into some bone broths but we're not sure about that but i think pretty much just the bars and possibly trail mix and coming out the uh, an array of flavors and that was actually my next question. You know, you, if you look at your website, it says meat-based products. And right now, you know, you're obviously focusing on the bars, but I was curious what else you'll be working on. I, I think the trail mix will be really interesting and water activity will, will definitely be your friend there to make sure you're not having moisture migration and, and texture loss, uh, those types right. of things. So I'm really excited to see uh, what other products you, you work on. How, how are you going to decide on future flavors? What, what will that process look like? Well, in the past, it was just my wife and I, who is the co-founder. It's my wife and I who formed the business. And we would just kind of make the bars. And it's funny because in the first many, many sets of bars we made, we're like, ah, they're gross. And then we finally nailed it with the mixture of the butter and honey. And so it's pretty much us flavor testing. Mm -hmm. But since then, we've launched a bar called, uh, we call it the Zealot Bar, because we had a lot of really like zealoted carnivores come to us and they're like, I'm not going to eat your bar because it has honey. Or like, wow, we didn't realize six grams of carbs is a big deal to you. 
And it is to a lot of people. It's a big deal and they don't want any. And so we were joking around with them and we called the bar the Zealot Bar and everyone loved that name. And so we stuck with it. We shipped out some of those bars and we got some positive feedback and some negative feedback because it's just a little more hardcore without the honey. And so that's why we're going to we're going to freeze dry bone broth and we're going to infuse the bar with freeze dried bone broth. And I think it's going to be a home run. It's going to be delicious. But we'll have I think we'll send them out to our top customers and have them trial them and see what they say. Well, I'd love uh, to try it out if I can get on that short list. So, uh, and some, this may be a good time to mention it, but something else, you know, I've been focusing on this year and and our team has focused on is uh, sensory analysis and doing sensory panels, whether it's consumer testing or with a a trained panel. So something like that may be really helpful to to your team um, in the future. I remember having conversations about that and I was meant to circle back around to it. Yeah, that might be in the future for sure. Um, one other question I like to ask people on the show is, you know, are, are you hiring or are you looking to expand your team? Um, and if so, what, what positions would be available? Yeah. So right now, I guess I didn't mention, we were renting a kitchen that we, or sorry, we moved into a new kitchen. Uh, we upgraded it to a much nicer kitchen and it's kind of a, we look at it as a stepping stone still. So we say in about three to five years, we want to kind of break free of this small, just my wife and I kitchen because we're not mm-hmm. hiring it's just us and step into a bigger kitchen where we can actually hire some help and kind of get to the, like the thousand bar a day range where we want to be. Um, so I was saying we're hoping in probably three years, we might be at the point where we're looking for someone, some help. Well, I would love to check in around that time and, and you know, maybe do another episode and, and see what new products or, you know, how you've grown uh, right. since then. Um, if anybody listening is right now and, and they want to try your product, uh, what's the best way for them to get a hold of it? So eatalpa.com, E-A-T-A-U-P-A, right on my hat here. That's the best way to get our product. Um, if you live here in the front range, choose local pickup and come by and see our stuff and we'll give you a little tour of our facility. Um, but yeah, our website is the best way. All right, perfect. And, and we'll make sure to list that uh, in this description so people can find it easily. Uh, well, this was kind of short and sweet, but I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, Rob. Again, I, I've seen lots of different bars, lots of different ingredients and things, but this one really stands out. I think it has a, a lot of potential to take off because you're right, people are looking for something that's different, that's healthier, higher in protein, more filling, doesn't have all those additives and things. So I, I, I'm excited to see where this ends up and I, I hope you come back um, at some point and, and give us an update. For sure, thank you very much. I'm Zachary Cartwright. This is Water and Food. Find this podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.